0: Hello, and welcome back to All My Life. I am your host, Emma. And And my name is Ryan. And we are excited today to welcome Hannah Quince.
1: woo
0: (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so um, Hannah works with us at the national office, um, and... Yeah, we've gotten to work together a lot over the past couple of years. Um, and something really fun about Hannah is that she's really good at throwing themed parties. It is truly a gift.
2: Yes, <laughs> I think it's like a gift of the Holy Spirit, probably.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. a gift to everyone who gets to come <laughs> and dress up and have fun. Um, so Hannah, what has been like your best themed costume? Parties. oh there have
2: been so many it all started with a 90s party um we did a zombie dawson's creek escape room um a harry potter party which was many years uh in the coming so that that was probably the most epic but most recently we did an avatar the last airbender themed party and it was sweet mm-hmm. yeah can confirm <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who did you dress up as?
2: Um, I dressed up as Katara. So I had hair loopies and everything. Mm-hmm.
1: What is a Katara? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ryan. Oh, you're aging yourself a little bit there. Just a, Ryan, little just bit. a I mean, That's a character, right? <laughs> yes, Katara yeah. is one of the main female characters.
1: Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I She's feel a water like bender. She doesn't bend air, she bends water. Yeah, yes. There's there's like four things you can bend. Mm-hmm. Is there?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Water, earth, fire and air. Sweet. The elements. And the avatar can bend all four. That's that's oh, the whole plot. That's of the, the show. whole
1: plot. <laughs> I get it. He's special.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Sweet. Well, speaking of parties, you're actually in charge of throwing a massive party in every region of SPO. Mm-hmm. Um tell us a little bit about that and what is it that that we've kind of shifted our approach to doing um, events for fundraising. Mm -hmm. They were traditionally, you know, banquets and kind of podiums and speeches and, and, you know, food and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but things have really shifted in the last year and you've been kind of spearheading a lot of that. Um, what's been your favorite part about playing that role and, and, and what is that role look like nowadays? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So, um, like you said, we've changed the dynamic of our banquets. So now we have this late night talk show, style program um and i like that you called it a party i'm gonna have to start calling it that now. A big party. Yeah, yeah it makes yeah. my work <laughs> sound more fun <laughs> i get to just plan parties um yeah and what do i what do i like most about it i think um i i like that it plays into my different giftings and skill sets of like i yeah, enjoy planning themed parties and other parties and hosting things. And I think uh, I really have a charism for, like, environment building. So um, Late Night Live really allows me to, like, do that in my work to build an environment for hundreds of people. Um, yeah, and create something that folks will enjoy attending.
1: Love that. Love
0: mm-hmm. that. That's awesome. So, like, before you were here, before you were working um, at the national office, you were a student at Seton Hall, and that's Mm kind of how you got connected to SPO, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I, um,
2: straight out of high school, knew that I wanted to go to a a college that had a strong Catholic presence, and I'd heard about SPO because my oldest sister was one of the first students, actually, Mm who, you know, lived in household in New Jersey Um, and so that's part of why I chose Seton Hall to get involved with uh, SPO and then
0: yeah the rest is history from there. Mm -hmm. So how did your life like as a student and kind of like household and the pattern of life in there like how does that look like the same and like different as like it does Mm -hmm. now in your daily life?
2: Yeah Um, well I lived in household for two years as a student Um, And then after graduating, moving to Minnesota, living with a group of random people, just kind of a regular living situation, um, I quickly realized that I needed intentionality in my life and accountability. Uh, So for the last several years, I have lived in a young adult household, um, which myself and a friend started because we were like the benefits of living in household as a student I realized I like still needed that in my adult life Mm -hmm. um and in my working life and so a lot of like my day-to-day life is very similar to you know my time as a student living in household because I still live in household Mm -hmm. and what what are those kind of like things that you like are similar Mm -hmm. um Yeah, I think the routine of our life together, we do morning prayer, household dinner, um, we do communal groceries, which is like a game changer, I think, as an adult, Um, and really just like living with a mindset for your roommates. I like to say like, we don't just live adjacent together, we like are actually living life together, um, which is a pretty unique way of living, I think, in our culture today.
1: Do you think that, um, could you walk us into a little bit of a, a turning point though, like in that experience, not like the initial conversion, I'll get to that in a second, but, or like full conversion, but when you kind of after college and you, you could kind of decide I could live adjacent to people or I could, or really need to have something deeper, um, could you walk us into a little bit of that that the pain of that discovery or like what what led you to to really decide I want to keep living this particular way of life and I have to choose it and kind of make it happen. Can you walk us into a little bit of that frustration mm-hmm. or pain that you were ex- experiencing?
2: Yeah, um yeah, I don't think there was anything like profound or like this was a very distinct event that happened that caused that shift, but realizing as I've gotten older and like become a more more aware of who I am and having a better knowledge of myself realizing I am very prone to apathy and laziness Mm. I am just naturally a lazy person Um, and realizing like I don't want to be a lazy person in my spiritual life in my faith and in my relationships, and so I I started thinking through, like, what are ways that would challenge me outside of that laziness and that apathy, and started, you know, that started bringing me back to um, living in household as a student, and thinking, like, okay, that, like, really challenged me uh, outside of my apathy, and yeah, I, like, need that on, like, a daily basis, not just, like, in my sm- like bi-weekly small group or the like large group, young adult events that I go to, but like really having people who are calling me on to virtue in like just the routines of daily life when I don't want to wake up in the morning and I don't want to like love the people that I'm with. Um, Yeah. Always knowing that I'll have people with me who are going to challenge me.
1: Um. you grew up in a strong Catholic family. Mm -hmm. And yet there was a turning, there was a point though, I'm guessing where it wasn't just like your parents' faith or your family's faith, but it was, it was yours. Mm -hmm. What was, when, whether it was in college or after college or before college, like when did God become real? It went from like, this is somebody else's deal to this is my deal. Mm And what happened around that?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think God has, always been real to me but not necessarily personal
0: Mm.
2: um would be the distinction I would use there and that turning point for me was definitely in high school um yeah I went to a very devout school um and just realized very much like my need for the Lord and um, how much he cared for me personally and uniquely and individually. Um, And so I think in that and the different experiences of high school and hurts I experienced from friendships and things like that, um, a turning to the Lord and in that turning like, Oh, he like actually cares about me personally. Um, Yeah.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um, So you're you're invested and involved in Emmaus, and that's a that's a from the Bible. <laughs> you, you lived in Israel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what what is that? And because the the this sort of young adult life, this post college Christian life, um, happens, but it's in the context of this committed community as well. What what is what is Emmaus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: it's funny because um, Emmaus in high school for us was like you would go on Emmaus walks uh, with people which was basically like you just got assigned a random person in your class and you had to like go have a heart to heart um like that so was that, in high school. Yeah, that was yeah. in high school. <laughs> so that's not what Emmaus is now. It was we don't guys just and girls. It, they were like. P- yeah, it was actually like speed dating. But No, seriously, <laughs> I was joking.
1: <laughs> was it co-ed? No,
2: it was <laughs> not co <Co-Ed. laughs>
1: That would have been amazing.
2: High school speed dating, Emmaus walks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. the thing. thing. Um. Yeah, Emmaus is our young adult group here uh, associated with the sort of spirit community um, in Minnesota. And we have like different tiers of involvement. Um, The part that I'm involved with is we're committed to small groups, which is every other week. uh, And then we meet in what we call our koinonia groups um, for formation um, with like a group of four to five small groups. So it's on a smaller scale as we've gotten larger. And then once a month we meet all together and have Lord's day with the like hundred plus, uh, young adults who are involved in the cities here.
1: Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's
0: really cool. Um, so something, a gift that you've been to me is just like a sister and you have like, I know a very deep passion for sisterhood. Um, and you grew up with sisters, so you have that too. <laughs> a big part of your life. And yeah, like even in your house, like um, just like welcoming of like women into your house, like you and the women who live there, like like there's definitely like a presence of sisterhood and like a gift there too. So yeah, I guess like what is, um, how like has that become like important for you? Like how has that been like something that you've been like focusing on in your life? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I think I've just, as I've gotten older and older um, <laughs> and older, I'm ancient now. No, um, I've yeah just realized the value and necessity of female relationships in my life, um, but not just like on a superficial level, like needing people to hang out with, but like on a deeper level of like, I need people who I can share my life with and who I know um can like speak into it with love and care um and like will understand you know my experience because they are also women living life um yeah I also just like love people and I'm I'm definitely an extrovert so like Mm -hmm. want to live with as many people as possible um yeah so I think you know just surrounding myself trying to surround myself with other women um yeah, has been something that's been important to me. I don't know if that really answered your question. So <laughs> I'm
1: curious though. <laughs> um, so some people have described community as having three kinds of effects in our life. It's sandpaper. Have you ever heard that?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Sandpaper, um, mystery, yeah. <laughs> a mirror. So sandpaper kind of it kind of rubs the rough edges yeah. off. It's a mirror. It's it kind of brings you to yourself it kind of somehow community can be something of a mirror to kind of show you yourself and then I've heard it like a flashlight where it kind of digs deeper into kind of dark areas that we may not want to to uncover. Mm. Do any of those analogies kind of kind of resonate with your experience of, of sisterhood in mm-hmm. particular?
2: Yeah. All of them. Choose one. <laughs> um yeah I think that the sandpaper one definitely is what is sticking out most currently um and I think is really relevant in like living in household um because you know you're experiencing sisterhood like on a heightened scale Mm -hmm. you know and being in the nitty-gritty of daily life there's a lot of sanding down of Myself and my flaws and my preferences, and um, in the attempt to try and love the sisters in my life
1: better, can you think mm-hmm. of of one particular instance where where you really did experience that that sort of dying to self, or like it, it was likely even just a, a a very simple kind of maybe even trivial example, or maybe it's a bigger deal. But does any does any particular experience come to mind of Mm. of when that happened for you
2: um well I, I was thinking on my drive over here this morning um about the idea of like deferring to others preferences that's something I heard in a formation talk in college and has just stuck with me um and I think that has been really indicative of yeah, this kind of, like, sandpaper experience of, like, it's in the little things. And I was thinking about how, like, the difference between saints and just, like, good, Everybody you else know, people um, is that saints choose to, you know, defer to other people's preferences. And, like, they are generous and loving people by, like, putting the other person's preferences above their own. And so there have been situations recently um With my roommates where I've been like, I just like, I really would rather, you know, this chair not live in our house. (laughs) (laughs) That's real. (laughs) I like, I don't like it, but like, I know that someone else does really enjoy it and that it like means something to them. So like, it is not worth me bringing up that I don't prefer this chair because Mm -hmm. like, it actually loves them better to have it in our house. Um, so, yeah, I think there's been a lot of little ways of, like, rubbing out my own um, preferences and selfishness, you know, um, in, yeah, just, like, trying to think of the other person and deferring to, like, what what they need and what means something to them.
1: That's such a cool example. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> very real. Like, it's just... Yeah. Now, have have you grown in love for that chair since that, <laughs> since that decision, or had? What's your relationship? With that what's chair? my relationship? Let's I be, mean, we're
2: still on rocky ground, <laughs> slow burn. You know. <laughs> this chair is definitely someone that I'm just living adjacently to.
1: <laughs> no deep relationship here. Uh, yeah. that's, that's great. I mean, but the, but again, it sort of points out the truth that um, holiness, uh, love. Mm-hmm it's really really practical mm-hmm. and I'm guessing Emma like hey you're here for the you're married now I'm married you're now. no longer <laughs> Emma Fraelic. Mrs. Farina
2: yes same initials now. we, we got
1: to celebrate that I, I'm sorry we, we should have mm-hmm. celebrated that at the beginning but I'm gonna bring
2: out the wedding cake <laughs> I imagine
1: you're experiencing those kinds of the sort of death to self and preferences and that mm. sort of thing, too. Especially,
2: yeah. like, living with a man. Yes,
0: so a very different, different experience. <laughs> yeah, something, just I'll give a practical example. Something I noticed is I always fold the hand towel when I hang it up. And after he uses it, he, like, will unfold it and then hang it back up. And it just, like, I, like, mentioned it one day. I was like, yeah, I've noticed after you use it, it's always unfolded. And
1: he I've was, noticed. Yeah,
0: he's just like, yeah, because I, I, like, okay. you know, like, yeah, I used it. And I was like, okay. You know, it's just like a little thing. Doesn't, so did you, did you say any
1: more? Just leave it? No. Nope. Good for you. Yeah. You didn't. Assert, it's just the like, two
0: of us there, you know. It doesn't like nobody <laughs> yes. else is gonna see it.
1: <laughs> no. okay. So when the first guest comes over, and I will fold s- it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's um, awesome. Yeah, but that's like, yeah,
2: a generous way of loving your husband. Yeah, it's even like though super it's silly and yeah. it seems kind of stupid to other people, you're like mm-hmm. it's it's still generous. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, it does no
0: harm to the house. To yeah. Die to our preferences. That's
1: so true. And I mean, people talk yeah. about, you know, how do you roll the toothpaste or which way mm-hmm. is the, you know, the toilet paper roll or whatever. Mm-hmm. And how do you put the hand towel back?
2: That's true. That's, That's another way. The toilet paper. I, <laughs> so in oh, there's this a right way and a wrong no, way. No, in this last year, I've really made a conscious effort. When the toilet paper runs out, I'm going to change it immediately yes, because that loves mm-hmm. my roommates. Yeah. Amen. And it's really silly and stupid, but it's an easy way to love the people that I'm with. Changing Mm. the toilet paper.
0: So practical. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's right.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. Something
0: that I know when I was like living with a bunch of women that was like a very like impactful decision was for Lent one year. Just like I decided I'm gonna wash all the dishes in the sink whenever I'm like washing my own, just like whatever is left. And it I think having that disposition of like I'm doing this for the women to like help, you know, our like living situation was just like a way that You know, you're not, in your mind, you're not, like, grumbling as you're, like, washing the dishes. You're like, no, actually, like, I'm choosing to do this to, like, love them. And then, actually, it benefits everyone because it's, like, a cleaner kitchen, you know? So, I think, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, it makes it easier to accomplish unsavory tasks when you know you're doing it out of love for another person. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just, like, I have to accomplish this.
1: Yeah, Yeah, or... I have to do this. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm bitter. I'm, I'm resentful. And I mean, living again, not just certainly marriage isn't life of two adjacent people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are many marriages that that's where it kind of goes. Mm-hmm. That's not sort of God's ideal or a Christian ideal uh, for marriage. And for you, um, it isn't just about living adjacent. I mean, you, you mentioned even all those things that you do as a part of the community the the small groups the the large group gatherings that's a that's a lot that's obviously in addition to your mm-hmm. sacramental life in the church mm-hmm. as well and weekly mass and confession and you know mm-hmm. other kinds of retreats and things and so you're living you're living this really full life not simply adjacent to others but really with others if you were going to give one piece of advice to somebody in college or just out of college around the spiritual life um, or around some kind of spiritual commitment, uh, what would that advice be?
2: So many things. Um, Yeah, I kind of turn of phrase that I like to use, um, is invest, invite, initiate, or participate. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that is the best advice I can give for like entering into community life and just like trying to run after your faith and the spiritual life in a very practical, tangible way. Um, yeah, of like investing in where you find yourself planted um in your local church uh, in a young adult group um and then inviting people inviting people just like into the regular regular um i can't think of the word just like your daily life. yeah just like your your daily life um that might be like i have to eat dinner great i'm gonna invite someone to eat dinner with me just like in my home um simple ways of investing in relationships as well by uh, invitation and then initiate and slash participate, like initiate things, do Mm -hmm. some stuff and invite people to be a part of it. And if you don't have the capacity to initiate, because many of us don't, depending on the seasons of our life, the busyness of our work, uh, maybe we might have social anxiety or something that makes it more difficult to be an initiator then participate instead Um, if someone gives you an invitation an opportunity to do something instead of like for me choosing laziness and just wanting to like be home because it's hard to get out in the winter in Minnesota (laughs) Um, and to bundle up uh, but it's important to participate um, and that like really builds a life uh, and makes it easier I think to yeah just like run after the Lord
0: Awesome. cool hannah it's been awesome to have you so we're gonna end on a kind of funny note we're gonna ask you some hot seat questions mm-hmm. so get ready saucy make us laugh <laughs> <laughs> first thing that comes to mind all right first is your the weirdest food combo that you love um caesar salad pizza mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna make uh, it caesar and bring salad it in. pizza yeah what is Hi. that oh so good Do you still do red sauce?
2: Um, Yeah. So I worked at an Italian restaurant in high school in New Jersey, and this was a thing that they did. And I switched it up and put Caesar salad on it. So good. So it's just like pizza dough, red sauce. You cook that and then you take it out of the oven when it's done. And meanwhile, you make Caesar salad. You like chop up the lettuce really finely and then you mix it all together and you pour it over top Mm. of the pizza and red sauce.
1: Because you sounds don't cook like that because you make never want to Yeah, you don't want to
2: cook the lettuce. Yeah, It sounds gross, but people try it and they're won over.
1: Does it get kind of, is it just on top of it? It feels like it, yeah. it would just fall off.
2: No, I mean, like there's bread under it. Pizza's bigger in New Jersey. It, it yeah. is kind of messy okay. sometimes. But, I mean, you think about it like you go to an Italian restaurant and you like get pasta and red sauce and a side of bread and then also a Caesar salad usually it's
0: on like, the side. It's so putting it all like, together.
2: Yeah, you're just eating it. All at once.
1: Weird. like just, it though. Yeah, I should try it.
2: We just had it for my birthday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> You're committed. That's awesome.
1: What, tell us, next question, uh, your strangest, we're sticking with a the strange theme maybe here, your strangest, most recent dream, or maybe the most recent dream you even remember.
2: Um, yeah. Give us all the gory details. Oh please. goodness. Um, it's it's kind of short, but essentially, um, my sisters were staying with me recently, and one of them was in my room on an air mattress. And my bed frame is really squeaky. Yeah, it's it's kind of annoying. Um, and I heard this dripping outside of my window, and so I kept like checking to see what it was. Um, and so my bed was moving a lot and squeaking, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna wake up my sister. And then, you know, like, do you ever have those, like, half dreams where you're, like, kind of awake, Mm. but you're still asleep and dreaming? So I think that's what happened with this dream. I, like, fell asleep after all of that happened, and then I had this, like, panic moment of, like, i got to be quiet. I can't move around very much in my bed, A, because my sister's here and I might wake her up, but also because one of my male friends, who shall remain nameless, is also sleeping over, under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a bunk bed, but he's just, like, sleeping on the floor <laughs> under my bed. And I got to be quiet because the squeakiness of my bed might wake him up.
1: Dude. that, yeah. that, that So when you, woke up, <laughs> when you woke up, did you feel relieved that, that set, there wasn't a set man set under my bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And I woke up and was like, our brains come up with the wildest things. <laughs> so bizarre. That is weird. Yeah.
0: Um, who was the most famous person that you've ever met? Vance Joy. Oh, mm. you
2: know the, the artist? The musician.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, he's good.
1: Is he yes. in Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Vance Joy is. No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he very
2: different. <laughs> do you know the song Riptide? Ah, did, we'll play did, it for did, you I later. He's got a lot of ukulele. He's Australian. Um, we went to a concert and they like, we were in the front of the mosh pit and they handed out like these things. Um, and it was like an invitation, Yeah, there he is, an invitation to like meet him after the show, but only one of us could go. So my, my friend went and I had to wait outside. What was that
1: like meeting, meeting him?
2: Um, it is Like, was he
1: cool, or was it like, Yeah,
2: he yeah. was cool, chill. It, it's always kind of awkward. I don't know what to do. I'm just like, hey, what are we talking the about in great. the five <laughs> seconds? That, yeah. um, but the fun, 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 fun fact. <laughs> Sorry. Fun. Uh, so fun. Yeah, it wasn't that fun, but I just stuttered a little bit. <laughs> um, we had a deck of dose cards. Which, for those of you out in the audience who don't know, DOS is the sequel to Uno.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah. Oh, I've never played. It's kind of complicated. Oh. Um, so we had that with us because we played it, like, while waiting outside to get into the venue. Um, and he was, like, giving out autographs when we met. And we didn't have anything for him to sign. Except for these dose cards. So I have an autograph from Vance Joy on a dose card. That's awesome. Um, he also put a smiley face on mine and not my friend's. And he was a little salty about it. But I was like, I'm a woman. So he smiley probably face. was like, yeah, I'll do a little extra for
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vance Joy. got to check him out. Yeah, he's great. Um, Keep my eye on him too. Okay. Very entertaining show. Um, <laughs> last hot seat question. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer other people to text or call you just directly, just out of the blue to just like random. You're all of a sudden your phone's ringing. Which do you prefer?
2: Um, I think text. I'm not opposed to calling.
1: It doesn't creep you out. Like, yeah, what are you doing? You're calling my phone.
2: Uh, yeah, it depends who it is. Ah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, I have learned like w- one of my guy friends is prone to calling, and the first like two times that he called me, I was like. Why is he calling me? <laughs> yeah, there definitely
1: are. I think that's true. I think there definitely are people. There's text people, and then there's a few, mm-hmm. a smaller percentage, who just call. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of their vibe.
2: You're a call guy.
1: No. No. Text. No. Oh, my gosh.
2: I've yeah. definitely been that wrong. prone to you know someone calling and being like, I'll let it go. And then I text them immediately <laughs>
1: after. Well, I think for me, I think part of what it's become is I think back in the day, like I grew up with landlines like mm-hmm. every child of the 80s. We also
0: We're grew there up too, with don't lines. worry. We're not that young.
2: Cause 90s cause, babies also had okay, landlines okay. and I we get had this. rotary I phones. Get it.
1: <laughs> so like you could just call a home phone and it was you know, it it was so like right now you call me and i'm like i can't i can't answer how do you know how do you know that i'm not in a podcast i mean mm. like just stuff is happening yeah. so and so i think that's part of what i think has changed
2: it's so rude of the other person it's to of, assume of i'm of available of course it's not
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a funny way in which you you really have no idea I guess I probably over relate to that. Like where in the world is this person that I, I might mm-hmm. be Way in the world, you know, kind of but I guess know. I can't, I can't, you know, worry about how they keep track of their do not disturb and yeah. other sort of settings on their phone. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. I think
2: part of why I don't prefer call is because I leave my phone on silent all the time. So if someone calls me, I usually miss it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right.
2: And then they, you know, if they don't leave a voicemail or text after you're like, I don't know if I should call you back or not.
1: Dude, I love it. So Hannah, Thanks for coming. Into the studio with us here today. It's great to have you here. Thanks. Yeah, it's
2: cool to be on the other side of the glass today.
1: I know people walking (laughs) by. Wonder what they're doing in here. I'm
0: famous for once. (laughs) Hannah Quince is the most (laughs) famous person I've ever. Is that true? No, it is now.
1: (laughs) So anyway, thanks so much for being here, and Emma, Farina, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Farina. Yeah, you're married. Married. That's amazing. congratulations (laughs) thanks we are all my life spos podcast um this is so much fun so great to be here people can check us out on youtube because that's where we're going to be on all of the podcast platforms i'll see you next time